Well, if it's your first time joining us online, then you're in for a very special treat today because today is a special Sunday for us as a church family. Today, I'm going to be sharing the vision that God has laid on my heart for us as we head into the latter part of 2022 and beyond. At the start of every year in January, I always share what God lays on my heart for us as a church. And I did that at the beginning of this year. The word that the Lord laid on my heart then was found in the book of Haggai and and that word was don't stop now. We've seen God move in powerful ways and I just felt the Lord wanted to encourage us at the start of this year to keep going, to keep seeking him, to keep calling upon him, keep trusting him and that he would lead us through this year. And and now as we come to September, I do this every year, Uh, the vision continues, I do this every year because I believe it's an opportunity for us to refocus once again after the summer period refocus once again on what God is calling us to do and leading us into at the latter part of this year. And so I'm excited today to be able to share with you what I sense God laying on my heart, where the direction in which I sense the Holy Spirit's leading us as a congregation for the latter part of this year. Now the word that the Lord has laid on my heart is found in the book of Isaiah. It's in Isaiah chapter 54 and we're going to be jumping into that in a few moments. But before that, We're going to just have a look at the context in which this passage of scripture was given. We're going to look at the background leading up to this incredible word from the Lord. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with a man called Moses from the Bible. He he was called by God to lead God's people out of slavery. They were in slavery in Egypt for over 400 years and, and God had called Moses to lead them out of slavery. So Moses does that and then the people of God come into the promised land. There was a lot of battles. There was a lot of enemies, but but God blessed them. God helped them. Despite their mistakes, despite their failures, God helped them. And eventually they were established under King David and then King Solomon. However, after King Solomon died, the Bible tells us that the nation, the people of God, the nation of Israel was split into two. In the north was Israel and then in the south was Judah. And these two people, these two groups never came back together again. Now the nation of Israel, they they eventually came under the judgment of God. And the reason for that was because they were disobeying God. They were worshipping other idols. They turned away from God. They didn't listen to God. And so they came under the judgment of the Lord. There was a great superpower that had arisen and that was the empire of Assyria. And they lay dormant for nearly 15, for 50 years, but now they were on the move again. And the Assyrian army, they, they progressed southwest, uh, southwestward towards, uh, from their homeland towards Egypt. And they wanted to conquer all the lands in between. And that Assyria these days is, is now northern Iraq. And so they were traveling all this way across to Egypt and they wanted to destroy everything and overcome every nation there. And on the Mediterranean coast, there were some small nations, which included Israel and Judah as well. And they stood in their path of the Assyrians. But because Israel, the people of God, because they were rebellious, because they turned away from God's law, didn't obey God's law and turned away from God and worshipped other gods instead, God allowed them to be conquered. And they were conquered by Assyria in 721 BC. But Assyria wasn't finished with their conquering. Assyria wouldn't be satisfied until they took full control of Israel and and Judah and all the other smaller nations in their area, in that area on their way down to Egypt. Now Judah in the south, they had a king and he was a good king. His name was King Uzziah. 
And while King Uzziah was alive, the people in Judah, they were able to ignore this crisis that was, uh, that was taking place. King Uzziah was a good king. He was an effective king. He had a strong army, which you can read about in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. And his people hoped that somehow he'd be able to save the nation from the Assyrians. But then we read it in the beginning of, of uh, the book of Isaiah, the king Uzziah dies. And then following on from that, there were some ungodly rulers who succeeded him. And the nation began to turn away from the Lord, just like the, the nation of Israel in the north. Now it was a real mess, this whole situation. But during this leadership crisis, God called this man. I'm so grateful for the fact that even, even when the nation is in the mess, when the nation's leaders are in a mess, God has his own remnant. He has his own people who he can call upon. And during this crisis time, God calls upon this man named Isaiah. God gives him this vision and this vision launched him into his ministry and it guided him for the next 40 years. We read this in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 1. These are the visions that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. He saw these visions during the, during the years when Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were kings of Judah. In Isaiah chapter 6, we read about this incredible vision that Isaiah has. He has a vision of the Lord. He sees the Lord. He's in the throne room of God. He sees, sees the train of the robe of the Lord. He sees these angels flying around the Lord, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He has this incredible vision. And even in that moment, he has this realization that he is a sinner, that he is unworthy to be in the very presence of a holy God. He, he, does, he realizes, I can't be here, but God removes, removes his guilt. And then God calls Isaiah and he calls Isaiah and he gives Isaiah a message to warn Judah that the same would happen to them as it happened to Israel unless they changed their ways. This is what it says, Isaiah 6 verse 8 to 13. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to the people who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. And he said, yes, go and say to this people, Listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. Harden the hearts of these people. Plug their ears and shut their eyes. That way they will not see with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts, and turn to me for healing. Then I said, Lord, how long will this go on for? And he replied, until their towns are empty, their houses are deserted, and the whole country is a wasteland. Until the Lord has sent everyone away, and the entire land of Israel lies deserted. If even a tenth of a remnant survive, it will be invaded again and buried. But as a terebinth or oak tree leaves a stump when it is cut down, so Israel's stump will be a holy seed. This message that God gives to Isaiah to deliver to the people, he was called as a prophet of God and he was to deliver this message to the people of God. This, this message was from the Lord that judgment is coming unless you change your ways. And we see in Isaiah chapter 1 to 39 that Isaiah tells the people of Judah that they've got to repent. They've got to turn back to the Lord. If they want to experience renewal and deliverance, then they need to trust the Lord again, turn away from their sinful ways again. However, the people didn't listen to God's message and they ended up being driven out of Jerusalem. They were taken into captivity. They were led into exile, but it wasn't by the Assyrians. 
It was by a new superpower who had taken over a new empire, the Babylonian Empire. And they were led into captivity, into exile, into Babylon for 70 years, just as the prophet Jeremiah prophesied about the Bible. I love the fact that this doesn't end right here. You know, when we are faithless, God remains faithful. When we turn our backs on God, God doesn't turn his back on us. When we mess up, God is there to forgive and he's there to restore. And we see that here, that the God gives Isaiah this incredible message. And it's a message of hope. It's a message of comfort that God is going to deliver his people. We see this in the second half of the book of Isaiah. Now, what's incredible is that God gives Isaiah this message to give to the people 150 years before they went into exile, 150 years before they went into captivity. That's the amazing thing about our God. Isaiah is, is even given an incredible prophetic message about the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus, who was going to come to save his people 700 years into the future. You know, as a church, I just want to encourage us. Let's be a church who's open to the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of prophecy. You know, we see this incredible prophecy. This whole book is filled with poetry and prophecy. And Isaiah prophesies 150 years into the future that despite the fact that Judah would ignore God and they would end up in captivity, God was going to rescue his people. And this is amazing, this prophecy, because it's almost like Isaiah was there and, and they were coming to the end of exile. The people are told in this message from the Lord that, that the Babylonian exile is over. They're told that their sin has been dealt with and that a new era is beginning. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19 says this, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in dry wasteland. You know, that's a word the Lord has been given to us as a church throughout this year. I believe we are in a new era. I believe God's doing something new in our midst. In those seasons which we've experienced of dry seasons, difficult seasons, hard seasons, times where the enemies come against us and we've had personal struggles, corporate struggles. I believe God is doing something new in our midst. God is moving powerfully in our midst. You know, this year we've seen many people come to know the Lord. We've seen people getting baptized. We had many people sign up for partnership later this year. We, it's incredible to hear the testimonies of how God's helped people, brought people through struggles, is bringing through people through struggles, how God is turning around lives. And you know, today I want to say we want to give him all the glory. Maybe you're watching this and maybe you're even part of a local church and you're hearing about what God's doing in our church. I want to stand here today and say it's categorically nothing to do with what we have done. It's nothing to do with our strength or our ability. It is of the Lord. And we thank the Lord for that. We are dependent on him. We are seeking him. We are praying as a church. And everything that's happened is from the Lord and all glory goes to the Lord. And I want to encourage you to pray as well. Pray for your church. Pray for your local area. Pray for your family because when we pray, God moves. But God is doing something new. And that's what he tells his people here that it's a new day. After this captivity, it's a new day. God's going to lead his people. And this message continues. Isaiah 53 is this incredible prophetic message about the suffering Savior, about Jesus who was going to come to save you and me from our sins, which he did through his death on the cross, his resurrection. And I'm so glad of that. But then in Isaiah chapter 54, God tells his people it's now time to get home from Babylon. And 
that God was going to establish his kingdom and that the nations will see his glory. God says in Isaiah 54 that he's going to turn around the people of Judah's fortunes, that God was going to bless his people. God was going to do incredible things. Now, you might be wondering, how does this apply to you and me today? We haven't been taken into captivity. We haven't been removed into a foreign land. So how does this apply to us today? Well, last summer, I was cleaning out the church over these last two years, really, throughout lockdown, where I've been tidying up the church, moving things. We've, We've had a lot of things done in our church and I've been tidying up different bits slowly over the weeks and and last year I was cleaning out in the office of the church I was cleaning out some drawers and I came across this old videotape maybe you're not old enough to remember videos uh, but but I am I used to watch videos all the time and, and I came across this old videotape and it was a videotape of our church from 1986 we had purchased as a church the, the house to the, to the left of us or to the right of us, depending which way you stand, obviously. But we had purchased the house next door and the church had, had purchased that in faith, following the voice of the Lord. And they built uh, purchased it so they could extend. And it's now our, an extension. It's now our minor hall. We've got a kitchen out there. We've got a welcome area and also we've got our toilet. So this was the video. It was a video of the opening weekend of this extension. It was amazing to see all the people and to hear what God was doing back then in 1986. Then as I continue to watch this video, about 20 minutes into the service on that weekend, the pastor at that time, William Morgan, or as I know him, Uncle Bill, he was my great uncle. He was the pastor of that time. And he he gets up to share about 20 minutes into the video. And he shares with the congregation a word that God had dropped into his heart. This is the little clip of that message. It's a tremendous thrill today to stand here and witness this marvelous occasion. Since the first days that uh, we thought about it until now, seems but yesterday, but actually speaking friends, in 1983 the Lord dropped a word into my heart from Isaiah 54. And one Sunday morning I brought the vision I had. I said to the congregation here, you may test this word. If it be of the Lord, it will come to pass. This was the word the Lord dropped in my heart. Enlarge the place of thy tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. He was talking to Israel, but God spoke to me. I said to the church, I feel that we should consider enlarging the tent. And we have gone to the right, as God dropped in our heart. That's a confirmation. And right along the line, other brethren will tell you how God has confirmed to us. And today we give him all the glory to see this marvelous change that has been brought about a witness in Abraham and that Jesus is alive. While well, other churches are closing, God is advancing his kingdom through the blood washed, the redeemed. Hallelujah. What an incredible word that God gave to, to Uncle Bill, to Pastor William. What an incredible word the Lord gave him for our congregation. You know, as I was sat watching that last year in my living room, in my house, as I was watching that and as I heard Uncle Bill share that, the Lord spoke to me, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, That word wasn't just for back then. That word is for you also. What is 
that word? Well, I'm going to be reading it tonight, today. And this is the vision that, that God has laid on my heart for us as a church. This is the word the Lord has given me for us as a church as we move forward. And I just can't shake it. I've had many confirmations of this world. I had one quite recently, two weeks ago, from an Assemblies of God pastor in Chicago. He had no idea I'd been praying about it, this verse and struggling over this and wrestling over whether to bring it or not today. And I just had confirmation out of the blue. He was just sharing and said, God has laid this word on my heart for you. I don't know if it means anything. And God confirmed this word. And I knew that this was the right time to bring it to us. And I'm going to share this passage with us. It's from Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1 to 3. And I'm reading this in the Passion Translation of the Bible. This is what it says. Rejoice with singing, you barren one. You who have never given birth, burst into a song of joy and shout. You who have never been in labor. For the deserted wife will have more children than the married one, says Yahweh. Increase is coming. So enlarge your tent and add extensions to your dwelling. Hold nothing back. Make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. You will increase and spread out in every direction. Your sons and daughter will conquer nations and revitalize desolate cities. This message of hope and blessing that God gave through the prophet Isaiah to encourage the people of Judah that increase was coming, more people were coming, God was going to bless the nation and establish them and his glory would be seen in the land. I believe this is a message that God wants to give to you and me and to our church here in Abraham and today. I believe the word of the Lord for us at Gateway Church Cymru is increase is coming. Increase is coming. This is just a word that I sense the Lord laying on my heart. It's something that I hear just in my spirit constantly over and over over this past year. Increase is coming. As I've said, I've had many confirmations of this word from various people, even within our congregation. We've had it in our services. I believe this is a word from the Lord. And I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believe today, increase is coming to our church. So if increase is coming and I believe this is spiritual increase I also believe this is numerical increase as well I believe God's going to do incredible things and turn around people's lives I really believe that so if increase is coming what are we to do how can we get ready for it well God said this to the people back then in Isaiah's time and I believe this is instructions for us as well increase is coming so enlarge your tent and add extensions to your dwelling hold nothing back make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. God told his people to get ready for that increase and he's telling us to get ready for it. So how are we going to get ready? I believe there's three things that we are to do to get ready for this increase that is going to come from the Lord. The first thing that we are to do is to expand and extend. This is what it says, Isaiah 54 verse 2, increase is coming so enlarge your tent and add extensions to your dwelling. I believe this applies to us, first of all, individually. I believe that God is calling each and every member of our congregation. I believe he's calling you today. It's time for us to stretch our faith, to believe that nothing is impossible for our God. It's time for faith to rise and to have that capacity in our hearts to believe and in our spirits that God can do with God all things are possible. I believe it's time to extend and expand and stretch our faith. Ephesians 3 verse 20 to 21 says this about our God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. I believe God's calling us to stretch our faith. 
I believe God's calling us to, to stretch our faith so that we might be used by him as well, to be open to being used by him and being a part of all he's doing here in our church. We've created Gateway Next Steps and my prayer for every member of our church is to, to see you step into the all that God has for you, to serve, to give of your time, talents and treasures, all that God has called you to. I believe God's calling us to do that. And I also believe it's not only a, an opportunity for us to extend spiritually, individually, spiritually, but it's an opportunity for us to, to reach out, extend the good news of Jesus with all those around us. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone and new life has become. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ Jesus. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We've got a message. This is the Great Commission. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. We are to extend the good news to all those in your sphere of influence, your family, friends, work colleagues, those in schools. We are to share the good news of all those around us. So there's increase on an individual level. I believe there's an increase in on a corporate level as well. We have to enlarge and extend that way. You know, more people means more ministry. That means that we should be introducing new ministries as the Lord lays them on our hearts. You know, it'll be foolish of us to try and just come up with ministries because we want to do this and we think it will work. Unless God lays something on our hearts, then we won't do it as a church. But, you know, I'm going to be sharing on Wednesday about some new things that are coming, a new ministry that's going to be coming for us. We've got a heart and soul meeting online, seven o'clock Wednesday and in person. I'd encourage you to join us and hear about that. It's going to be very exciting. But you know, if we're going to have new ministries, we're going to need new leaders. We're going to need new volunteers. And I'm really praying for that as a church. I'm really praying that God will raise up more elders. I'm praying for assistant pastors, associate pastors, pastors to go and plant new churches. I'm praying for new ministry leaders, you know, kids leaders, you know, youth leaders, all these and so on and so forth. But I also believe we need new volunteers as well. We need volunteers to be the hands and feet of Jesus to serve. And if, if you'd like, if God's calling you to leadership, sign up via our next steps. If you want to serve, then sign up via Gateway Next Steps on our website. You know, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray that the Lord would send laborers into his fields, more workers into these fields. So I believe there's extension and expansion individually, corporately as a church with new ministries, but also physically as well. You know, I believe that as numbers grow, so will the need for more physical space. There's been a lot done to our church building over the years. There was an extension built in by the members in 1926. We've seen the extension of our church building, as I just talked about, in 1986. We see the extension to our church. And, you know, over the last few years, we've been having work done at our church. Even recently, even this Sunday, we, we've had, we're having new flooring through our church right now. At this moment in time, new signs, new chairs, painting and all these things. We, we're doing work to the church. But... In the 1980s, the church purchased a big plot of land at the back of our building and they built it, uh, they purchased this in faith and that land has remained dormant for many years. And, you know, as a church council over these last 
two years. We've been really looking at this land. We've had it tidied up. We've had it cleared up. Probably needs another going again after this summer with some of this overgrowth coming back again. But, you know, we've been looking at this land. We're still looking at this land and we can't do much with it for the next couple of years or so because of this clearance that we've had done with it. But as a church leadership, we're really praying over this about what God wants us to do. But I believe God laid it on my heart a few at the beginning of this year and I shared it with our church council that I believe God's given us this land and it is for a purpose. And I really believe that God, there will come a time where there's this growth with numerical growth, more people come in that we will have to extend our physical building. And you know, I'd love to see a space for dedicated children's ministry room and youth room love to see a space for our community for food bank that we can just continue to minister and reach out I'd love to see a car park at the back of the church and other things like that but ultimately it's not what I want it's what God wants and so just wanted us to know and wanted you to know we're praying about this as a church but I believe there's coming a time that we will need to extend physically and I believe that will come very very soon but you know these this is the first way first thing that God says to get ready for this increase is that extend and expand in these areas. And that's what we're praying for and believing for. Secondly, God says to his people, hold nothing back. You know, it says in Proverbs eleven twenty four in the message, it says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And I want to encourage us as a church family, let's hold nothing back. Let's give, let's be a generous people. Let's give our treasures. Let's give our time. Let's give our talents wholeheartedly for the Lord, for his glory, and for the expansion of his kingdom. And third thing that we are to, to do to get ready for this increase that's coming is to not stop growing. Don't stop growing. In verse 2 of Isaiah 54, he says, make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. That means growing right now. It means strengthening right now. And I want to encourage each and every one of us, let's keep growing in our faith. Let's keep making it a priority every day to spend time with Jesus, reading God's word, praying, worshiping him, seeking him, being filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you, keep coming along to church, keep coming along, especially the prayer meeting. I really want to encourage that. I believe God laid it on my heart when we restarted it back last year that the prayer meeting is going to be even bigger than our normal Sunday gatherings. And I'm looking forward to that because the prayer meeting is the engine room of the church. I really believe that what we're seeing happening now is a result of our praying, our intercession on a Tuesday, our prayer meeting on a Wednesday. But come along. Let's be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might so that we might shine for him, be obedient to him and see his kingdom come and the kingdom of darkness driven back. I see many people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And as a church, we are committed to helping you grow. That's why we've set out next steps last year. Last October, we introduced Gateway Next Steps. And again, jump on our website to find out more information about that. But as we come to a conclusion today on this vision, the vision continues Sunday. I'd like it to put it to us as a church to pray about this. I'd like to put it to us as a church, pray about all this. I really believe that this is a word from the Lord. Increase is coming. I believe God's calling us to get ready for that. So let's expand and let's extend. Let's hold nothing back and let's keep growing. And as we do that, I believe we'll see God's blessing individually in our lives. I believe God's going to bring blessing in individual lives. I really do believe that. But also corporately as well. I believe there'll be a corporate blessing. You know, we have a hope today. And his name is Jesus. And so is the church. Let's get ready because increase is coming. And I just want to end by sharing the other promise that God has given us as a church, which I believe we will see fulfilled. Haggai 2 verse 9, 
the message translation. This temple is going to end up far better than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish. A place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness, decree of God of the angel armies. Let's get ready, church. Increase is coming. Amen.